a rich tradition. College Football Podcast is now live. Hello and welcome to a rich tradition college football podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He's Robbie Steltonpole. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. Roberto, we are here. Finally, we are here in the middle of the Pac-12 championship game, but we are here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Excited. Plenty to get to. Excited to go. Uh, we are recording on Friday night in the middle of the Pac-12 championship game. I think uh, Oregon is ahead 14-7. to You had... Uh, Oregon picked earlier today. I had USC picked earlier today, so we'll just kind of briefly get that out of the way. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, you probably already know who won, so you've got a leg up on uh, on me and Robbie uh, at that spot. So uh, I like the uh, he likes the Ducks. I like the Trojans. So Rob, as we move through a lot of things uh, here today, uh, I guess we can start with Tuesday's rankings, uh, and then we'll move kind of as the as the week went forward. Um, Tuesday's rankings feels like things are kind of at a crapshoot. Like, why are we even doing this anymore? Because it feels like there's not really any point. Um, I, and I don't, I don't know how else to say it because it's just as if, – if a team's going to lose to a three-win team and only move down one spot, what, you know, and, and you're going to move Cincinnati back for not playing games, but Ohio State doesn't get punished because they've only played a game in the last month. Coastal Carolina can't get any love to move up any significant space. I mean, hell, Miami lost to – got blown out by North Carolina, who was a top 20 team, and they dropped eight spots. But Florida doesn't move but one spot after a loss to a three-win three, three win team. I mean, and then their cool. And then their reasoning was like Kyle Pitts was out. Well, their coach chose to let Kyle Pitts sit because the coach didn't think they were going to lose. So – like, it's not like he was injured. He may have been a little dinged up, but everything that has been released since then, uh, everything that's come to light is that he could have played. But so yeah, yeah so it's it's right back to whatever they want. It changes yes, week this to is, week. Yeah, this is this is where th- this is like this has been the, the first time that I have been so anti the committee. I I am so against the committee. I am. This is garbage. They're, the fact that Cincinnati doesn't have a chance. Like there is not a predicament. There is not a situation. There is nothing that can happen that could possibly put them in the playoff is absolutely just ludicrous and asinine. And the fact that they have continued to manipulate and move teams for the last month. I put this out last night, I think, on my on my Twitter. But I did research over the last month, month and a half of rankings and um i just want to make sure i put what i wrote down yeah every ranking was set up for the following week to either give the committee what they wanted for moving up a team or set it up for a team to to be absolutely to absolutely drop if they lost they literally rigged the rankings each week based off the matchup that was coming up and so do you have an example that you could um oh yeah yeah, the 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 biggest example has been uh, Georgia losing and still still like Georgia still being able to stay in the top 10 with two losses to boost to boost Auburn and or I'm sorry to boost Florida in the event that they that they you know to, to boost from their loss because all of this all of this revolves around name brands 
getting in the playoff. That, that that's all this is. It is about name brands getting into the playoff. It is. Um, Iowa State has been in the position that they've been in to where when Oklahoma and so when Oklahoma beats them tomorrow, if that does happen, if Oklahoma beats them, then you can skyrocket Oklahoma up because they beat the number sixteen or the number seventeen. And yep. they have they have left A and M in the position they're in in the in, for the fail safe of still getting two SEC teams in. They have not even given Cincinnati the breath, the like to be able to even sniff a, a possibility of getting in the playoff. Nor Iowa State. Iowa State being ranked where they are is not to give them hope of of playing in the playoff. It's to help Oklahoma if they beat them. Like that's what that is. And. It is just – it is like what you just mentioned a minute ago. The one that angers me more than anything is the logic of dropping Cincinnati down because they haven't played but not even moving, not even moving Ohio State at all when they haven't played either. And then when – when like if you want to put Georgia you – know, you, you want to put Florida ahead of Georgia because, Georgia because Florida beat Georgia, that's actually fine with me. Then drop Florida – or then drop Georgia down. But do not tell me that Florida deserves to still be in the top six – when they just lost to a 23-point underdog at home. And With a freshman got, quarterback. Freshman quarterback in duct tape basically putting that team together. Yeah, only 54 men. I mean, Georgia got ripped to bits, and I know this sounds like a Georgia point against the, the, the top rival Gators, but you know Georgia got ripped left and right for barely surviving Mississippi State, who only had 53 scholarship players on the field or, or less than 50, whatever the numbers were. Georgia got ripped for it, and rightfully yep. so. You should be able to handle that team and take care of business and win that ball game by double digits. Understand it. But but here's Florida actually losing the game. Their their Heisman Trophy winning quarterback with three turnovers, two turnovers, whatever. And and, and what and, makes it worse only, is that they didn't only look better, it. and they didn't right. look they didn't look like the better team either. Yeah, yeah. If, so I mean, if, if you would if you would have walked in blank slate. <laughs> Let me, you know, show this game to my wife, who's only been home like a week and a half from deployment. You show her that game, you not tell her any information. She would think that LSU was just a better team than Florida. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, 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 it's ludicrous. They have they have tipped their hand. They have it is obvious that there is a bias, and they have an objective of getting the most the biggest brands. Into the playoff, it is not best teams. It is best money maker, and I am I am beyond frustrated about it. And so and is is this a is this an exception because it's COVID and we're trying to you know to to pump up the money, or is this like is this what's been happening the whole time and it's just exposed now? Um, I, I think I think it's exposed. I, I think this year is is different because like I, I can't go back. And look at previous years, and just it'd be so blatant that it that it was that, that like like this, you know. That there has never been a year where I thought a two loss team deserved to be in, or really a group. Uh, there's no never been a year where I thought a group of five team to, deserved to be in. Is the system broken? Is what I'm saying. I mean, is it is it has it been rigged this entire time, and we're just now seeing it, or and, and we need to make a change, or because I'm kind of on the side of making a change, but that's. I mean, and it's. And I, it's I don't. It's, it's I, I have a, a hard. I have a hard time. I have a hard time saying the whole thing. It needs to change, or that they're they're it's rigged. I when when I when okay. Whenever I think of change, what needs to change is, and I I think I put this out too. 
let me see if I can find this tweet because I I actually took an opportunity to to tweet out like what I thought they needed to do differently. Um, oh, okay, which we agree on because yes, you did, and um, yeah, you didn't comment on this, so I, let me. So here's here's what I here's what I think. Um, I'm I'm one of those fans that love the playoff committee and I love the playoff. However, I will concede that this year more than any other year has revealed the issues with this format. So one of four things should happen. One, come up with a standard that is followed for that season. If you're going to have a new group of guys, a new group of, on the committee, that's fine. Come up with a standard that they're all going to judge the teams by. Two, get rid of divisions, extend the playoff to six, and use the committee for the final rankings and at large. Three, be clear, honest, and consistent in your ranking. Number four, give let the group of five have their own playoff. Yeah, and I think all that needs to happen. I think yeah. I think we can expand it. You can give the group of five. I mean, how cool would it be to see, uh, you know, Cincy, Tulsa, Liberty, Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, whoever else it is in their own six-team playoff? Uh, and then on top of that, you know, you get on the same Saturday, you get the first round of that action, and then you get the first round of the Power Five action. Like it just it sounds like it would be better for college football. It sounds like it would be better for those players because Coastal and Cincy, uh, Liberty, whoever else, I mean, they're getting slapped in the face right now. And I mean, they're working their butts off too. And they might not be the same talented kind of team. And and I think you and I can both agree that there's probably not a lot of sense in putting Alabama and Coastal Carolina on the field too many times with one another, because sure, it probably is going to be a blowout because the teams are just different. And I think that's the reason to go to a separate playoff is match up the teams who have this, the same kind of talent. Uh, you know, it's, there's different, it's clear that there's a different level between the power five and the group of five. And there might be a few teams who maybe can play at that group of uh, that power five level from the group of five. But I mean, who was it? Cincinnati had a chance at Ohio state just last year, wasn't it? And Mm -hmm. Cincinnati didn't, didn't play very well. No, they got blown out. It was they bad. Got, yeah, they got blown out. So, I mean, well, Cincinnati had its chance, and that was last year, But and this year is different, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's just fine. That's where it's at. Let's do something different. Get rid of divisions. Absolutely fine with that. Uh, you know, do it that way. That's great. Figure out your conference champions uh, that way. Maybe no conference championship games. I'm fine with that, whatever. And I, I feel like we need to make a change. I feel like there needs to be a – a more sturdy set of rules and guidelines as to what it takes to make the playoff versus just how everybody feels that day. Yeah. Um, Anything else on the rankings? I, I just, I, I'm beyond frustrated with just it overall. Like, you know, and I could, I'm, I'm going to say one pro, one pro Georgia comment. Um, I, like their, their two losses have to matter. And I get that. But I would take Georgia over anybody in the top like three to six range. Like, I, and again, I, I know Georgia, you know, isn't going to be ranked that high. They have two losses; those losses have to matter. But I just think right now, the way Georgia has or Georgia was playing, now that their season's over with, I think Georgia was one of the top top five six teams in the country. With with JT Daniels at the helm, yes, yes, I, I would love to. See. I would love for there to have been a way for them to be able to prove that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least get on well, the field I mean, and have the opportunity. What I'm hoping is Notre Dame, Notre Dame beats Clemson so we can get a Clemson, Georgia, uh, 
preview before they play next season at the beginning of the year. Mm, that would be interesting. All right, so uh, Brian Kelly thinking about declining a spot in the college football playoff or – uh, you know, and, and kind of demanding some flexibility from the Rose Bowl, have the Rose Bowl in Las Vegas, he says. Uh, I like this sentiment. I like this enthusiasm for your players and kind of sticking up for the fact that they've been working their butts off and they've been sacrificing a lot and all these different things. They deserve to have their families be able to see them play uh, on that stage. I, I like all that, but it kind of feels like how do you execute that? Because what happens if you really do get chosen to go to the Rose Bowl and now you have to step up to the plate and tell your players, hey, we're not going to go to the Rose Bowl because your parents can't come see you play? Yeah, here's the full quote. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, it's just like, I'm sure at some point you're going to have a conversation with your players and they're going to be like, "I I think we can suck it up and mom and dad can watch from home and... You know it stinks, but I think we're we'd rather accept the the opportunity than not have it at all. Well, here's his full quote: "I'm not sure we'll play in the playoffs if the parents can't be there. Why why would we play if you can't have families at the game? What's the sense of playing a game in an area of the country where nobody can be a part of it?" I agree with this sentiment 100% because if I'm sitting here watching right now, we're watching the Pac-12 championship game in the Coliseum, and it's empty, man, and it's kind of boring it being empty. This is going to be the Rose Bowl if they get their way. At the Rose Bowl, like the granddaddy of them all and dead. And I think I just think it's garbage that there's places that are going to try to say that parents can't come. At least just parents can't come to the game. Yeah, and I mean that. So, I mean, we I think we both agree with the sentiment that it stinks. That yeah, I, I agree with Brian Kelly. I think most people agree with Brian Kelly that yeah, we should be at least the family should be able to come. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I agree. But but I also think it's kind of like you, you Brian Kelly was ninety five percent going to be walking this back if they make it to the Rose Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, well, Willie. Do, you know, do you, I, don't, I don't know. Like, do you feel like he would stand up and, and, and hold his ground here and, and say, okay, we're, we're going to decline the Rose Bowl playoff opportunity? Dude, I don't know, man. We, we, you know, we, we've had a – Georgia had a, a top five program in the country, had its number one quarterback who is going to start – opt out of the season a month before the season starts. You know, we had, we've had – like I, I guess I just say that because – I mean, wouldn't that be a fireable offense at any other – program like you know what i mean like i mean yeah Look, can I, you really I, afford not to play in the playoff after all the work that you've done this year i mean i get it we want the families there but can you really afford to say and stand your ground there and say hey we're not going to play in the playoff like again it's a great little you know flag to wave for your guys and their families but i, I mean there's a part of me that says you got to you got to suck it up buttercup play the game this is, I mean, it's, when was the last time you were here? When was the last time you had this kind of team with this sort of opportunity? 2012, you know, was your last real national championship shot. You've been in the playoff once or twice already, sure, and you've been embarrassed a little bit. So, I mean, these opportunities don't come every single year. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I, I just don't, I don't know. 
if he'll back it up. He probably won't. I mean, he'll he'll probably you know go along with it. But you know, just I I, I guess I'm just so frustrated with that state and all the crap that they how difficult they've made so many things. Um, and just I, I really kind of wish that someone would to just stick it to that freaking state and their dumb rules that they've been doing and really just making things difficult. Well, how so? How would Brian Kelly not playing the game? It's just somebody's going to fill that slot, though, right? I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, the games, the Rose Bowl would get played. Yeah, I mean, yeah, most likely it it doesn't. It it won't matter. Like him backing out won't matter. You know, but I I just don't know what else to do. You know, what else can he do? Right, play the game. (laughs) Yeah, play the game because I. Again, I think it's just a nice moment to stand up for your players and, and such and, you know, kind of talk about let's see what we can do because, heck, I mean, Ohio State stood their ground and said, hey, let's play a game and, and or play a season, and they got a season. So, I mean, heck, maybe maybe Notre Dame can do something like that. You know, maybe maybe you're right. I just kind of feels like there could also be a, hey, we, we only have so much time here, so either you're out and we're going to fill this lot with somebody else or – you know, maybe that's what he's banking on is that they're they're going to listen to him because they're going to want Notre Dame in that game. They're going to yeah. want their brand and their marquee. So maybe that's what would work in his favor. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, so uh, championship weekend. We're obviously in the middle of the Pac-12 game. Uh, Oregon's up twenty-one to seven at this point. Um, championship they decimating, weekend. They're decimating USC. But go ahead uh, on the front line. On the, yep. their offensive line cannot block whatsoever. <laughs> Where do you want to start for championship weekend? Obviously, the Sun Belt game was canceled. Yeah. Yay. Sun Belt canceled. Um, uh, you know, let's start with the Big Ten. Yeah, because that game's in jeopardy, too. <laughs> like, um, COVID, COVID situations in, in, uh, in Columbus. So, yeah, I mean, that game's kind of up in the air a little bit. Uh, as of at least Friday morning, I haven't seen anything lately on that ball game. But boy, it's uh, you know, part of everybody has really been dogging Ohio State up to this point for things that are outside their control, and it feels like now there's another sort of man. I feel bad for Ohio State for things that are outside their control. They're not going to be able to play in this Pac-12 championship game or the Big Ten championship game, and again, they're going to kind of get gypped out of an opportunity to be in the playoff for what do you mean something they're, they can't they're not control. playing what do you no, mean? i'm just saying if they can't play oh oh okay then it's going to happen all over again that they're continuing to get gypped on the season yeah um i mean i know that's not a popular statement because it's ohio state and we kind of nobody really likes ohio state except for ohio state people but at the same time Everything that they've missed out on this season and the games that they don't have, only one of them is because they had a COVID issue. This is a COVID issue for them too, but ultimately the the whole COVID thing is out of your hands. I mean, it's just it can seep in at any moment and take everything away from you. I, I just I, my my critique for Ohio State is they've not looked like it. They've not looked like a dominant team at all this year. Like right, but I guess what I'm saying is they're they're losing the opportunity to prove that from something that's not in their control. Well, I mean, they're going to play. Like, they're going to play. They, they just may be without one of their best wide receivers. Like, 
if the rumors are accurate that they're dealing with COVID issues. Like, they're going to play. Like, the, the game is going to happen. It's just, it, they may be without, like I said, they may be out one of their best players. But all year, in every one of their games, and, and it's twofold. And, I, you, you know, you and I talked about this on the phone. They have not looked, they have not looked dominant at all this year. And, and tackle on the fact that they have played half the amount of games that most of the pl- other teams have. Like, one of those things, like you said, I agree with you. Them only playing five games is not their fault. But dadgummit, them not looking like a top a top five team or a dominant team is their fault. They've not sure. looked. They've not looked like it at all. No, yeah, we 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 don't have an argument there for sure. I mean, you you're up thirty five to seven on Indiana. Take care of business. Um, Michigan State, you blow them out. Nobody's nobody's fawning over Michigan State uh, at this point. Uh, you know, except for Michigan State folks. So. I mean, you and I agree. I don't know if Ohio State has an opportunity or should des- uh, deserves an opportunity to be in the Final Four. Um, and them losing, if they lose this opportunity to play this game at some point this evening or uh, tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, as you may be listening to this, uh, then, you know, I mean, if they lose that opportunity to prove it on the field, that stinks. But at the same time, in the games that they've played, I agree with you, they haven't. They haven't really shown a whole lot, but they've got that brand like we talked about, so they get to stick around. Because yeah. Ohio, because this, I mean, USC's five and zero, you know, USC and USC's all the way back at thirteen, you know. So it's like, what's Dude, the Ohio, difference? Yeah, exactly. And that's even more to my point. Ohio State is a big brand, and they deserve they deserve the committee. That they, you know, that they should be ranked higher enough because they have they have Justin Fields and they're Ohio State, but yeah, we're not going to make them prove anything. We're just going to put them there because we assume they're there. And when they don't lose a game, they don't prove us wrong. But whenever they've only played five games and only what, like one of those teams is actually ranked and they barely beat that team. Like, come on. All right, so does Northwestern have a chance? I mean, no, what do no, they this, have to do to have a chance? What, where, where they does need to, they need to go out? They need to go out, grow some grass. They need to put mud in it. They need to start a swamp and make Ohio State run in a swamp. That's the only way it's going to happen. They're just too fast, man. Didn't Notre Dame do that to USC one year? Was that the Bush push year with Brady Quinn and they really grew the grass up high? They didn't cut the grass at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, I'm not sure, but that does sound like a Notre Dame USC uh, thing. Yeah, that does sound like something like that that could happen. All right, so I, I'm I'm sort of in a similar boat with you. Northwestern has to yuck this up. They've got to come out and find a way to be Rocky Balboa in the Rocky Balboa movie. You know, where he's a uh, he's a thousand years old and he's got to fight the the young guy. And he's just got to be a sledgehammer the entire the entire game, or the entire you know fight. No, uh, Northwestern has to be a sledgehammer. They just have to come out, and they've got to hit Ohio State just as hard uh, as Ohio State can hit, because all that speed that Ohio State does have, if you can if you can smack them in the mouth, maybe you can slow them down, water those eyes, bloody the nose a little bit. Maybe that's how you slow them down. You punch them in the mouth, and you keep punching them in the mouth. You take them to the woodshed, and you just be a concrete block 
don't get moved. Maybe that's your avenue to beating this. And Rob, if anybody's going to do that, Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern kind of have the mentality at least to do that. Yeah. Ohio State's not been super great at running the football. Yeah. They haven't been necessarily bad either. Oh, I mean, I, th- I think they definitely aren't. I definitely don't think they can run the ball the way they have before. And I, I definitely think that Justin Fields is holding on to the ball longer than he should this year. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to get 24 points. And I think you need 24 points to make this game even close. And I just don't know where it's going to come from. Yeah, because uh, I was looking at it earlier. They're averaging 25 points a game. They've scored 43 once, and that was in the opener against Maryland a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm right there with you. Yeah, that I mean, that's it feels like that sledgehammer that they're going to have to be, that concrete block that they're going to have to be is going to have to force some turnovers and create short fields, and they're going to have to steal some touchdowns. Uh, I don't know what their special teams are like and if they could steal touchdowns there, but they're going to, I mean, turnovers will be a must in that concrete sledgehammer mentality that they have to bring to the table. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I just, I just don't see it. I think USC, you know, or I'm sorry. I think Ohio state wins and they cover the spread. Yeah. I, Ohio state wins. Uh, Ohio state wins pretty big here as well uh, in terms of, you know, making a pick, but if there's an avenue to win, just be as stone cold as you can possibly be if you're Northwestern. All right, so that's the Big Ten, ACC or SEC next, or I guess Big Twelve. I'm sorry, kind of let's, let's, Big 12. let's go. Let's go Big Twelve. All right, so this game's already been played one time this season between these two teams. The Cyclones were victorious. Uh, Oklahoma. Though it's been well said, well documented that Oklahoma is kind of a different team at this point. They've kind of got some pieces back and in place that maybe they didn't have at the beginning of the season. So how much of a different Oklahoma team is this going to be? Maybe a Spencer Rattler who has grown up a little bit, has matured a little bit, is playing better. How do you, where do you start with this ball game? I think it starts with the fact that Oklahoma was looking really good and then the Baylor game happened. Kind of got they, slowed down a little bit. Yeah. And I just – I've liked Ohio State all year. You know, I thought Oklahoma State was going to be the, the one to win this win this conference. Obviously, I was dead wrong. But, man, I just, I just trust Iowa State more this year. I trust their offense and I trust their defense. And I, I've said it all year. I just don't think Spencer Rattler is that guy that's going to lead you in battle – I think Spencer Rattler is great at playing the backyard ball that they, you know, want to play sometimes and, you know, just be fancy and put up points. But whenever they're in a battle, I just don't think he's built for that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking Iowa State to win this game. And I feel pretty confident about it. 37-30 was the final uh, earlier in the year. I have to be honest, I've not done a super great job of keeping up with uh, Oklahoma since sort of that early loss. They've missed some games. They didn't play the West Virginia game. Uh, it ended up getting canceled. They played the Baylor game. So feels like they haven't played in quite some time. Um, oh, and so that, drop that, them down a spot. Yeah, and so that, <laughs> so that goes 
a little bit of ways there. Rematches are tough. Um, I was looking at it, man, or I heard this from Danny Cannell. It's actually the the percentage actually goes with the team that won the first time. At this level, does it? Is that true? Uh, yeah, I think that's what he was. I think that's what he said. Like when these when teams play against each other, actually the team who won the first time ends up winning again. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so the the reason I bring that up is at the Division Two level a lot of times, and maybe sometimes that's because the games are right next to each other. So sometimes in the Division Two level, you'll play your conference tournament, and I'm kind of thinking about basketball, and some of this is football too. You'll play your uh, you'll play the conference schedule, basketball, baseball, softball, and then you'll go right into the regional. And that first round of the regional, you might get pitted against another conference opponent who maybe you just played in the conference tournament and, you know, maybe you won that game and you see them again and they they tend to get you on the other end. That happens to VSU a little bit. So that's why I brought that up about um, – but obviously I'm talking about baseball and softball and fo- basketball, so maybe it's different within the sports. But uh, nonetheless, man – it's hard not to pick Iowa State here too because they feel like after stubbing their toe early in the year, they've they've bounced back in a really incredible way. And that's a um, really good Louisiana team. Just to point that out too, like it is. Yeah, they shouldn't have lost to... the game. They shouldn't have lost the game. But it's it's not like some two and seven Louisiana team. I, I just wanted to mention that. No, for sure. And, and no, I mean they were supposed to play in their conference championship this weekend. They're in the Sun Belt against. <laughs> Coastal Carolina, and they missed out on that opportunity. So, um, Spencer Rattler's been pretty okay um, these last few games of the season. Uh, he didn't play super great against Iowa State. He didn't play super bad against Iowa State either. 69% completion with 300 yards and two touchdowns. But <sighs> give me Oklahoma. You writing that down over there? Rob, can you still hear me? Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm right, I'm right here. I'm right here. We're good. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I heard everything you were saying. I had you on mute on accident. Oh, okay. Um, also, just to point out really quickly, Dabo said that he agrees with Chip Kelly. I mean, with Brian Kelly. About them reconsidering not having fans there. Um, but, yeah, I got you down for Oklahoma winning. Well, and that might go a long way. The Dabo note might go a long way to saying that might help Brian Kelly stand his ground and say, hey, mm-hmm. my, my other – you know, top team agrees with me. If you can get a coalition together and everybody stands their ground that way, sure. But yeah. if it's if it's you know Notre Dame all by themselves, then maybe that's a little different story. But uh, that's a good sign for for Brian Kelly and those families and uh, that whole deal. So all right, all right. So we got the Big Twelve game out of the way. ACC or SEC? Where you want to go first? Let's go SEC, and we can break down the probably the closer game of the night uh, to end it off. All right. Florida's defense is not good. Their offensive line isn't very good. They have they have three really good players. They have a high they have two Heisman candidates. But Alabama is quite possibly the best Alabama version that we've ever seen and it's we can't but no one will ever be able to historically compare them because of asterisks on the season. I'm taking Bama and I, I like you give me if you if you told me it was a twenty point spread I would take Bama. I just I just think Bama is that much that that good, and I think Florida got exposed last week. I don't think they got caught up 
I don't think they got caught up slipping or looking ahead. I think they got beat by a team that was able to expose the flaws that they've been having all year. So did you see the the article I sent oh, yeah. you earlier I, today? Oh, yeah. Um, I, la- I laughed a lot. <laughs> so there was an article on AL.com, which is an Alabama-centered uh, news organization, and they went around and took unanimous – quotes from SEC officials and coordinators and coaches and whatever else. And unanimously, uh, you can go and read the article for yourself, but unanimously it felt like most everybody they talked to, Alabama, Alabama big uh, for this for this ball game. Um, and me and Robbie agree. Uh, it, this has potential to get ugly, but I also feel like this has potential to be sort of a, a timeless classic. If that And that doesn't mean Florida's winning. If, if it happens that way, I, I think Alabama wins almost no matter what. But if Florida can get, if Florida can come out with an edge, because I'm, if Florida can come out with the edge, you know, you lose that ball game to LSU. Now you, you know, you refocus things, you turn around and, and maybe you get back on the, the horse in a different way. Kyle Pitts is back out there. And you, if you can make this ball game a shootout, and keep Alabama from throttling down with Najee Harris. If you can find a way to sell out with your front seven and stop the ground game, and Florida has shown that they can do and have success against the ground game, it's not going to be easy. Alabama's got a top offensive line, and Najee's a Heisman finalist. But if you can throttle down, stop the ground game, maybe you can have and force Mac Jones to throw the football. Not that you'll have success against Mac Jones, but you'll speed the game up, and you'll give Kyle Trask an opportunity to throw the ball 40-plus times, which you want. And, heck, maybe you can even throttle the game down. I mean, maybe you can take some possessions away, and maybe you can have uh, you know, a six-, seven-, eight-minute drive or, or whatever. But ultimately, you want this, as insane as it sounds, I'm still on this from earlier in the season, you want this to be a shootout. And if Florida can make it a shootout, then I think that's that's their avenue to win this game. Not a, It doesn't mean they're going to win it, but that is, I think, their best avenue to try to win this game. Because if Najee gets going and Florida has trouble stopping the run, which they've had moments of not being able to stop the run, as much as I mentioned they have moments of stopping the run, they've had moments of not. If Najee's able to throttle down, then it's probably over. And Alabama's doing exactly what they want to do. Or if Kyle... Kyle Pitts and uh, Kyle Trask come out and they're not on the same page and Trask has more turnovers and you're right about being exposed and Kyle doesn't bounce back, Trask doesn't bounce back, then, then yeah, it's going to be ugly. It's going to get ugly real fast. I also just don't trust – I don't trust Dan Mullen to win a big game. That's a big point too. You know, Dan's – there's a lot of people – you mentioned you didn't think they got sort of just – Looking ahead, a lot of people feel like that was one of the issues for them in this game against LSU, that they didn't take them seriously. They didn't have a great week of preparation. Uh, and I think that goes into – I think that's on Dan Mullen's shoulders as well. Um, and I think you get the Marco Wilson throwing the shoe. I think that's on Dan Dan Mullen in some way or another. You know, his well, absolute, definitely. Oh, my gosh, his reaction to – oh, my gosh. I wish we could have recorded earlier this week because I was so hot after his after – his, uh, comments just like he just kind of threw the he just kind of threw the shoe 
Yeah, like, kind of threw no, the shoes. Yeah, kind, on, kind now. of, dude. The he ref shut that thing out of the out of the out of the stadium. Yeah, the ref literally said that the penalty was that your player threw the shoe twenty yards. If that's a kind of throw, then he's a five star quarterback. Yeah, I. But just, just Dan, Dan Mullen never accepts responsibility for any of his failures. He throws other people under the bus. He makes massive excuses. The fact that he had the audacity to say that crap about in the press conference about, you know, do you still think you have a chance to play in the playoff? Well, you know, we decided to play, you know, you know, we decided to play our 10 games as opposed to some teams who played, you know, whatever comment he made playing, you know, five or six games. Dan Mullen, shut up, dude. You just lost to a 23 point underdog at home on senior night. Like, and also I absolutely love that last year, Georgia got, throttled, destroyed, and beat the crap out of when they lost it when they lost at home to South Carolina. And Kirby took it on the chin and took blame for it, said it was his fault, said he didn't have the team ready. He didn't ha- he never let Fromm be blamed for it. He took the responsibility for it. And Dan Mullen constantly deflects and points the finger at other at other situations. And this is why he will never be a championship coach. One of the reasons why he'll never be a championship coach. And I firm, I stand by that. And he is he's becoming more and more like Mark Rick as far as results on the field than people want to admit. But it's starting to happen more and more. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, you know, speaking of quotes from coaches, uh, Nick had one going into the LSU game, he said uh, he said they, telling his team, they believe, talking about LSU, they believe they can beat you. You have to go out and change their way of thinking. Is that not, Alab- is that not Nick Saban in a nutshell? Mm-hmm. He, he believes that every team believes they can beat his team. And he takes it on himself and it's his team's responsibility to change the way they think. How how grown up and boss is that to to steal a, a term from our childhood boss. How boss is that? How money? You're real uh, money there Nick Saban, you're real money. I, for I that didn't know I was born in the 70s, but that's okay. What? You don't I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just kidding. That was a thing that we said <laughs> no, no, when we no, were no, little. You, you're absolutely you're right. I, I just like teasing you. I'm so sorry buddy. But no, you're 100% right. You're 100% so, right. So Alabama big most likely in this ball game, right? Yeah. I don't – like there's people who are taking Florida in the under. I mean, I'm sorry, Florida to cover? No, man. I think I, Florida can cover. I think they'll be motivated. I think they'll be focused. Uh, if that was seriously the issue against LSU, being focused, I think they'll be focused. I think they can cover. I'm, I said earlier today, 45-35 Bama. I'll go – I just don't think Saban's messing around. I think I think it's going to be like 45, 45-21, 45-17, something like that. Well, and, and you heard somebody asked Dan something, yep. maybe it was today or yesterday, and he said something, we'll find out when we win. Yep. And it's kind of like, all right, buddy. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> you keep on keeping on yeah, with like, that. Like, you know, hey, you, again, they won. They won. The, you know, they beat Georgia this year. You know, like, I won't take anything from it. But the two years prior to that, he talked trash about Georgia, and you saw what happened. All right. Uh, how much of a difference does Trevor Lawrence make? 
he's got to make some difference, right? I mean, he's the number one overall draft choice. He's got to make a difference. Does he make enough of a difference? Because DJU still threw for 400 yards. What does Trevor Lawrence do differently? Because you know he's capable of 400 yards. But what does he do differently that maybe ends up with more points on the board? Well, the – okay, so I do not remember I – do, I do not have them off the top of my head. But I do know that there are defensive players that are bat, that were not playing for Clemson the last time they played. Okay, um, I cannot remember their names. So yeah, like I, some linemen, right? Linemen. Yes, linemen, and I think there's a linebacker as well. On the counter, on the other side of that, there was offensive players for for Notre Dame who wasn't available for that game on the O line and uh, two wide receivers. So, to me, like I'm not saying it balances out, but because I think Trevor Lawrence is an echelon of himself, but I'm saying the losses on defense and the losses on offense for both teams, I think balance out. The thing that doesn't balance out is Trevor Lawrence. But to your point, I don't see, like, I've seen Trevor Lawrence throw ugly pick sixes. You know, I've seen him throw ugly picks. You know, what what could he have done that Ugalongale did not do? You know, like, I just, I just don't, I, again, I, I, Trevor Lawrence is a Heisman candidate any other year. He probably wins the Heisman pretty easily. I, so I don't want to take away from him, but like, I just don't know what he could have done differently because right, and that's, Notre, yeah. Dame, N- Notre Dame did not just beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. Notre Dame beat Clemson because they were the better team that day. And I believe that. Yeah, because I mean, it goes back to 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 DJU and 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 four hundred yards, and you know he had a really outstanding afternoon. I guess the thought that I'm having is, you know, Trevor Lawrence beat Ohio State in that playoff game almost with his legs. Does Trevor Lawrence have a better, maybe better field vision, maybe a better idea of how to read the defense when they're keying in on Travis Etienne? and maybe to exploit whatever opening is there that maybe DJ didn't exploit. I know that sounds weird because, again, DJ threw for 400 yards, and so how do you play better than the guy who threw for 400 yards and still lost? But maybe he makes the right play at the right time versus just putting up the yardage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, you got to give Trevor that kind of credit. He's been a he's been a really good runner. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a good question. I Look, you're, you're probably right. There are probably certain decisions at times that will be that would be different. I just don't know if it's astronomical, and I just think eleven point favorite is so disrespectful to, to I, Notre Dame. Yeah, to Notre Dame. I think that's just so disrespectful to Notre Dame. I mean, do you agree? Yeah. No. I mean, I was kind of surprised that that was the case, but I think if you're Trevor Lawrence, you know, maybe that's that's. Maybe that's a testament to him, you know, to, to some degree. Not that it's fair, but maybe that's what that is. Yeah. I'm trying to look and see if I can find uh, the drive summary uh, in well, this ball game for for Clemson. Uh, while you're pulling that up, I'll just yeah, go got- ahead and I'll just go ahead and say it. I my gut tells me that Clemson wins this game, but I'm going to pick Notre Dame. Because I, I think this is the best Notre Dame team that we have seen in twenty in, in my lifetime of watching Notre Dame football. I think this is the best Notre Dame team that I've ever seen, 
and I think they are out for respect. I think they're tired of being told that they're Notre Dame. They don't deserve to be to play against the big boys. I think they remember what happened in 2018 when they got manhandled. I, I think they've heard the bullcrap for the last month and a half since that game that they only won because he you know because Lawrence wasn't there. And I think they're gonna come out with a huge chip on their shoulder and I think they're going to win. Even though again, you know, pass would tell me that Clemson wins this game because of Dabo, because of Venables, because of Trevor Lawrence. I just think Brian Kelly is gonna get this game. And I'm excited to see it. So Clemson's first half possessions, if I've got this right, punt, touchdown, field goal, fumble, fumble, field goal, and I believe that's the that's the first half. And then a field goal to start the third, if I'm looking at it correctly, a touchdown, punt, field goal, touchdown, punt, end of regulation, touchdown, and then the fumble in the second overtime. Yeah. Maybe there's something with the turnovers that don't happen under yeah, Trevor I can Lawrence. See that. Yeah. But I mean, Notre Dame was held to field goals. They're, this is their drive history. Touchdown, field goal, field goal, punt, field goal, miss field goal, punt, fumble, field goal, punt, downs, touchdown at the end of regulation, two touchdowns and uh, touchdown overtime, touchdown overtime two. To, to, to me, I think the, the key of the game is the book, right? Like that's what that's why we picked Clemson last time, right? Didn't we? I can't remember who who we picked in the first game, but it, it was. I don't know if Ian Book can score these points. You know, um, I yeah, Ian, Ian Book twenty two of thirty nine, three ten, one touchdown, two sacks, no interceptions. I don't think he had any fumbles he uh, in the ball game either. He yeah, he, he did, and he got some lucky plays that went his way as well. Yes, and I don't yes, take did. that away from him. He just. He had, you know, he had that, you know, some Brett Favre type things that he got away with. That's kind of like, how often do you get away with that? And he found a way. So if he can find that luck again, if he's playing with that sort of, if the game is slowing down for him that way, yeah, maybe it's going to be another thriller right down to the very end. Yeah, you're right. Um, If Notre Dame can stop the run, 34, uh, what is it? 70, no, 34 yards on the ground for Clemson. One yard per carry. Dude, they sold out to stop Etienne. So that that goes back to can Trevor Lawrence change that that predicament? Could Trevor Lawrence pull a couple of those balls and run around the side? Because uh, DJU had two yards of net rushing offense, 13 carries. Well, you know, does he, he, does he yeah. pull it better? It's also it's also come out recently, not recently, but like, I was listening to Barton Bud this week. I don't know if you listened to their breakdown of this, but apparently DJ was hurt during that game. His shoulder was hurt, and that's why he didn't run very much. And so there is a complete dynamic of the of the running game that was taken away. Um, yeah. and and so that's something to think about. But again, it's not about to me. It's not about the offense. It is about can Clemson stop Notre Dame's defense and what they want to do. And I don't know. I don't know if they can. Are you 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 are you saying can Clemson stop Notre Dame's offense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Two oh nine on the ground, five yards per carry. Dude, their O line is gross. 
and they got one of the and they got their they got their their lineman back for this game. Like I, yeah, but I really just man, I, I a lot of my reason is to the motivation aspect. Man, like you've been told, you've been told for you know ever since that game happened that oh you didn't really deserve the win because you you didn't play the real Clemson. Like Kirk Herbstreit literally said that during the broadcast. I just think that's garbage, and yeah. I think they're I think they're going to come out ready to play, man. Well, and how much of this do you think you're just ready to see Dabo get his mouth closed? Be honest. I want it so badly. <laughs> I want it so badly. But also, I won't you know, lie. I want it too. But you, you, but you know what though? Like I won't lie. I, I also, I want this for my dad. You know, like I, I want, I want this game. To, I want, I want my dad to get this win. You know, like you're not gonna start crying, are you? No, gosh, no. <laughs> um, I mean, you know my dad. Right, you, know, you, you know my dad pretty well, um, and the ridiculous human being that he is. Um, but you know, I, I I know how it feels in my lifetime, especially the last you know since two thousand when my fandom really became legit. I know how it feels to be berated that your team can't finish or can't win the big game, and that's been the that's been the sliding at Notre Dame since like ninety two, and you know they're you know they've been told for years get in a conference, get in a conference. Well, now you're. They're in a conference. They made it to the conference championship, and you have a chance to go undefeated in said conference. And I just think that's really cool. All right, so uh, give me Clemson. You're taking Notre Dame. <sighs> yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence will will make the different plays. He'll he'll do uh, the necessary work. Maybe they'll find a way to get Travis Etienne. Um, a little more involved, eight catches, 57 yards. That was about the most of it. He did have a touchdown. But to ETN also has got to take care of the football. You know, he had that he had that bad fumble. Oh, yeah. He, he went like three games in a row, right, with like fumbles. And like two of them went for big touchdowns. Yeah. So gotta be uh gotta be careful there. That was that was part of Clemson's sort of faltering there in that first half, back to back fumbles, one of them on him that went for six. So gotta take care of the football if you're Travis ETN. Uh, and if Notre Dame can fort bottle him up again, that's going to go a long way to them, to them being victorious. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else for this weekend? Have we missed any of uh, any of the championship games? Texas and Texas A&M, Tennessee. How did we miss that one, Robbo? You mean? Oh my gosh, the the, yeah. the big one there at Kyle Field or in Knoxville. I'm sorry. Uh, is there a part? Like, is there any part of you lingering that thinks that Tennessee may pull this off and win? Yeah, just in the simple fact of yeah. that's exactly what we've been talking about. Ohio State's not had to deal with, and here's an opportunity that Texas A&M can't sleep on. Nobody's talking about this game, and they can't, you know, they can't sleepwalk into this. Tennessee's, you know, Harrison Bailey's out there now, and Jeremy Pruitt's trying to save, yeah, you know, and steady the ship. Job, do, do you, get, really quickly, do you think he? Do you do you buy these rumors that he's he may get he may get fired? I mean, I don't know who, who's who's doing the rumoring. I guess would be my first question because I've not I've not seen any rumors. But that's, I mean, I, I miss stuff all the time. So I, I just I've been hearing rumblings that both Pruitt and Fulmer have just rubbed too many people the wrong way. And since so, it seems since it seems that uh, <laughs> it seems that Auburn is going to botch the easiest coaching search in the country that 
they have an opportunity to go after a much better coach. That that again, that's just do you something. Think, what do you think Auburn's doing? Like, what, <laughs> we, didn't, what's we, didn't talk, we didn't even talk about this at all. What's happening with Auburn's coaching? Okay. What, so, so why I have a former, not like Hugh Freeze? What's going on with them and Hugh Freeze? So I have a former former Auburn uh, Auburn uh, alum, or not former. I have a, an Auburn alum that works with me at at my school. Um, he, I'm not saying like he's in the know, but he he knows more than most. You know, um, he's on message boards for his team and all that jazz. It it sounded like. It sounded like two days after Gus Malzahn was fired, it sounded like the most done deal possible that, that Hugh Freeze was going to be the coach at Auburn. And then you started hearing word that some big wigs, some big dudes with um, with uh, with money want Kevin Steele as the coach. The defensive coordinator. Yeah, which is a freaking joke. And then, it, and then there's been reports today that he wants – get ready for this – he wants Mike Bobo to be his OC. Mm, that's not inspiring at all. No, it's not. That's not inspiring at all. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I, I've seen some of the things of, you know, different different stuff kind of beating around a little bit that people are not super thrilled or super excited about the coaching search, and I've saw that somebody took Hugh Freeze off the board completely, and I kind of thought, well, what did I miss that had Hugh Freeze coming off the board completely this early in the coaching search? And so, and I've been I've been blown away that Kevin Steele is still the you know at the top of the list and the front runner, and it's just it's wild. It really is. Uh, it really is wild because if you're thinking about quick turnaround. I mean, how quicker do you get than what Hugh Freeze has done at Liberty? I mean, well, maybe I guess what, if you go steal Lane Kiffin out of Ole Miss. From what but, I understand, from what I understand, the 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 thing, the problem is Hugh Freeze's screw up, and how Auburn, you know, Auburn liked to keep, um, you know, a lot, people don't realize this, but a lot of a lot of the reason why they kept Gus Malzahn and why they really liked. Um, Gus Malzahn was because of his Christian background, because he was a good dude. And yeah, the, also, the, the school does a lot with FCA. Yeah, go ahead. And so with so, so also at the same time, like you, you look at what happened with Hugh Freeze and what he was doing. That doesn't necessarily give the best Christian values. But I would say this, you know, do you really care about that or do you want to win? Because you just fired a coach who had good Christian values who beat Bama just last year. So, like, what, what do you really want? Because w- from what it sounds, and this is from my buddy, and his name's Peter Bobbles. What's up, Peter? Um, I, I think there's just too many cooks in the kitchen trying to make this decision. And I think there's too many cooks who don't have experience, who know nothing about creating, like, who know how to run a football program that are trying to make this decision. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's a recipe for disaster. So, you and um, I need to you and I need to go. Um, we, we need to go do some research over the weekend. See if we can find anything out. Call your boy Josh Paid up. Yeah, and, something. And y'all are close. Yeah, right. Sh- sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, anything else? I guess. Um, Georgia has has seven players opted out for the bowl game. Um, Trey McKitty, Monty Rice, DJ Daniel, Mark Webb, Ben Cleveland, and um, uh, Rich LeCount, who who are all preparing to play in the Senior Bowl or go on to the NFL. So, um, and they're expected to be a few more, but. Yeah, that's the only Georgia news I got. Um, recruiting was really awesome. I enjoyed my day of watching, um, you know, watching college, you know, watching signing day. Georgia's going to end up with another top three, top four class again, uh, depending on how February goes. They could possibly get, you know, they're probably going to end up at three. Um, but uh, Bama with possibly one of the most historic, one of the most historic seasons ever, um, you know, recruiting. Uh, they were, you know, both Georgia and Alabama were in the 20s back in September, and people were like, "Sound the alarm, sound the alarm!" And now both are one and three. Um, yeah, I don't get that. Re- that's a that's an in the moment reaction from dummies or clickbait people who just there's no way possible. You what what time frame? What time of the year was that again? Se- September. There's no way in hell. You look at a September recruiting ranking and think, "Oh boy, there's trouble." There's no way you realistically do that. Josh Pate, Barton Simmons, uh, and the other recruiting gurus, Bud Elliott, the other recruiting gurus at 247 or rivals are not pushing any kind of panic buttons for anybody Mm -hmm. uh, in September. Come on. No, I agree. And that's why I wasn't. That's why I was You know, like, I I am someone who's greatly dialed in to recruiting specifically, obviously Georgia recruiting. I wasn't worried at all. Dude, they were in the forties back in freaking in March or I'm sorry, in May, I wasn't worried and I just waited and, and look what happened. And the thing is like they finished third and they're, pro- they're going to probably finish third or probably gonna get one or two guys come February, but they, <laughs> they get this and they were still in the running. They were still the like top two for three other five stars. Um, but with with all that said, uh, I wanted to I wanted to positively say, um, Michigan, Miami, and um, uh, Oregon all had great recruiting classes that really f- filled needs that they that they obviously had to have. Despite having shaky years, you said Oregon yeah. and and Michigan, and did you yeah. say LSU Dude, too? Yeah, yeah, LSU. Well, and the other one was um. Uh, Oh crap! How can I? How did I forget it? To your point, yes. Like Michigan is going to have some dudes, man. Michigan is going to have some serious dudes on on offense at wide receiver and running back. They're going to have speed, 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 and it's going to be awesome to see. Also, just quick update: Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian is going to interview for the Auburn job on Monday. Yeah, I'm just. I saw that was. Yeah, I just. All right, like I guess. I mean, I don't know why we're complaining. I mean, hey, we're Georgia fans. Go, go right ahead. Go yeah. right ahead. Yeah, go, go, go higher. Um, hey, uh, real quick, I heard somebody yeah. write that uh, uh, Mark Rick's average class at Georgia in his time was eight. Yep. And never got higher than five. What's the? And I, I don't know the exact number, but what do you reckon the average? recruiting number is at florida right now is it probably right around eight seven do you mean look that up right now do you want to 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is this is a phenomenal question on the spot. This is great podcasting. You know, I'm telling you, this is this is what the this is what the people I, I want to be. Have, I try not to have a lot of like Georgia Homer moments. Yeah, but let's but, let's let's just do it for fun. Okay, I'll do it this. Uh, remember, remember, remember these numbers. Okay, remember this number ten. Yep. Uh huh. Remember ten. Remember nine. Uh huh. Remember nine. Uh huh. And then one more. This year, right? Eight. Remember fourteen. Where There's are they a, at this year? I've went. I went from this year down. So. So they're at ten this year. No, no. Yeah, they're at ten, man. Yeah. According to who is that the composite for two four seven? Yeah, this is the composite. So they dropped. I saw them at eight earlier this week. Yeah, dude, they 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 lost the commit or like uh like forty eight hours before signing day. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna get the <laughs> the point I was making was the eighth overall, you know, average for Mark Rick was never was never quite enough to consistently be competing. You had some moments. So, but he was a great developer, great developer of talent. Yeah. Great developer, right? And look, he, look, he deserves all. And, and I'm sorry, he does not deserve all the credit. He deserves a lot of credit for, um, for a three-star quarterback being a Heisman, you know, top three guy in in Kyle Trask. He does deserve credit for helping build that build that kid up. Oh sure, no, I'm not taking any any anything away. I just, you know, the smart rate, bro. And look, our our guys that our our guys David Waters and Wes Mills, um, or Will Miles. Will I always man I always mess up his name. Well, yeah, I um, think it's Will. Yeah, Will. You know, especially David. He he is he is a hundred percent like he's fed up with certain things when it comes. Like he believes in Dan Mullen, wants Dan Mullen to be there. You know who wouldn't? But there are things that are frustrating and losing constantly on signing day. And specifically, losing to Georgia and Alabama every single year on signing day is starting to get old. Well, they have to make a change. You got to figure they're most likely going to make a change at defensive coordinator. <laughs> you, do they you, you do think? they go and bring Will Muschamp back? Because Will can recruit now. Don't put it past anybody. Will can still recruit, and he was fine defensive coordinator at Auburn. And before before his head coaching time, is a fine defensive coordinator. Would, I mean, would Gainesville that's a long time ago. Seeker that's agent Muschamp back? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, he probably couldn't get away with that hire. No. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> who knows what's going to freaking happen with, uh, um, with LSU and whether whether they you know they've got a whole new situation going on, you know, come February. Yeah, all that remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's all I got. This was a fun right. episode. I'm so glad we got to do it finally together. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to get something posted here or we'll try to get this posted. I guess we don't need to record yep. that part, but whatever. <laughs> all right. Uh, two friends, one love that is college football. Uh, be sure to like rate review and subscribe. All those things would uh, do us uh, a great help here on uh, the podcast. He's Robbie. I'm Spencer. We'll catch you on the flip flop later. later.